0: guys, gals, and non-binary pals, your host, Katie here, yet again with another episode of Abundantly Aware, the place for all things mindfulness, meditation, and journaling. And if you enjoy those things, please consider subscribing here on YouTube or wherever it is that you get podcasts, because it's a fantastic way to support the podcast. In this week's episode, we have another guest with us, Lynn, to talk about all
1: everybody and welcome back to another episode of Abundantly Aware with our guest Lynn and I'm so happy to have her on this episode. So let's kick it off and start it off with you know introduce yourself to um, our audience what you do and yeah go for it. Awesome. Hi Katie. (laughs) Thank you so much for
2: having me on and thank you to the listeners who are listening in on our conversation right now. Um, so my name is Lynn. I go by she/her uh, pronouns, and I am a body acceptance and intuitive eating coach. Um, so what I do is I raise awareness around diet culture, and I help people get off of that roller coaster of a ride. Um, you know, being on diets, the ups and downs, um, learning to accept uh, their bodies, learning to um, Say no to diets and to say no to the guilt and the shame that often comes with, with dieting, um, you know, we all eat, we all have a relationship with food. Unfortunately, a lot of us have a difficult relationship with food and, um, by extension, also our bodies. And so through my work, I help people like reclaim themselves again, right? Like reclaim that relationship with food, find the joy, find the pleasure um, also with, with their bodies, uh, because this is, this is, this is it like this, (laughs) this is our one vessel. We cannot change it. Um, you know, we can try, but like, would it not be easier to just learn to accept and love us ourselves as we are? And so that's what I do.
1: Oh, that's so beautiful. And I think that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast because it's a fantastic conversation to have. Um, I feel like especially in the winter months because I feel like sometimes in the winter months we you know, maybe sometimes our bodies change in another way. They get mm. a little bit larger in the winter months because we don't do as much movements, especially here in Canada with the snow and the ice. Um, and so it's a little and bit of the more cold. Difficult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's so much easier. <laughs> it's so much easier to be mean to ourselves because, um, because you're inside all the time because of the freezing cold. Even though we did have a nice yeah. little spritz of spring at one point, it was fake spring, um, <laughs> very fake. Yeah. Because then it started to, to rain, and then it snowed last night, and I think it's ice, and I'm worried about walking out there today. But it's okay. It's okay. I'll put my boots on. Um, so yeah, let's start with talking about how you discovered intuitive eating, how you got into it, how you found it.
2: Mm. So I actually found intuitive eating through a podcast. I was listening to a podcast called 10% happier. Um, it is a podcast directed towards cynics who, um, kind of like are dabbling into meditation and are kind of like, what can this do for me? Um, so I was listening to this podcast. The host was interviewing one of the um, co-creators of intuitive eating. So her name is Evelyn AAA. Um, She's one of two dietitians from the US who created this framework um, in the 90s. So it's about 30 years old. Wow. this framework and now it's like starting to like come into the mainstream right like i think intuitive yeah. eating is getting really popular like on tiktok for example
1: definitely um
2: so i was listening to the podcast and i was just like listening to her talking about all like the 10 principles of intuitive eating and essentially giving the host dan um like essentially a session right like you know uncovering his beliefs and his um ideas around eating and like the rules that he had And I was just like, Oh my gosh, like, this is, this is how I eat. Like I resonated so much with what she was saying. And I also resonate, you know, with like the relationships that we have with our bodies, especially as women, right? Like we're told we're not enough. We're not skinny enough. We're not pretty enough. We're like, you know, too large. We're too small. Like we're just not enough as we are. And so as I was listening to her talking, talking on this podcast, I was like, I want to be part of this movement. I want to be part of the movement where we can acknowledge that there is health at every size. I want to be part of the movement where we reconnect people back to their bodies. You know, there's so much noise around us, especially like the diet culture, the diet industry, right? It is a multi-billion dollar industry that basically feeds off of our insecurities, yeah. Right. And yeah, this definitely. Industry, this industry, the product is the diet. Mm-hmm, and when mm-hmm. we, when we go on the diets, if we have success and I use that in air quotes um, you know, I, we lose the weight. We're like, yes, it's the diet. We credit the diet, but when it doesn't
1: work, mm, we punish ourselves. Exactly. It's us.
2: It's not the diet. It's us.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. That's like a super aha moment actually for me. Um, Cause I never thought about it that way that we bash ourselves for doing wrong, but we, we celebrate the diet that we've purchased for doing right. Um, and uh, like, I think there's only been ever one diet, one diet that's actually successfully worked. All the other diets have been shame for me growing up. Uh, mm-hmm. That's my diet of choice. Um, but The only diet I ever went on was Weight Watchers, which I had a problem with while I was doing it because I don't believe in low fat because Mm. they're obviously filling it with something else to take away the fat. And Mm. that is essentially what Weight Watchers is, is a bunch of low fat, low carb diets. Um, And I wasn't happy. I was losing weight. Sure. But I also lost weight before even going on a diet. Mm. And I think that I was intuitively eating at that point and moving my body a lot Mm -hmm. um, to lose a bit of weight. Also, you know, trauma played a role because I think that we don't ever change until something miraculous happens. Um, and so I fell into that, um, and then fell into Weight Watchers because everybody else was doing it and I wanted to see faster results. So I thought, Ooh, maybe this will work. Um, and it worked for a time and then I quit, quit. Um, Mm -hmm. and then it all came back. Right. And I think that with intuitive eating, we can learn that, we don't have to quit anything. And it's, it's a life, it's a life skill, essentially learning Mm -hmm. how to fuel your body and move your body and love your body is a skill that we all need to learn to take it forward into the future.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Absolutely. And and the thing is, is like with intuitive eating, it's not about restriction, right? It's not about Mm -hmm. like stopping yourself from eating certain things or, you know, it's about what can we do to add Mm. Right. What can we do to add to our pleasure? What can we do to add to our joy? What can we do to add to nourish ourselves? What can we do to like add to make ourselves feel good? Right. Right. And so instead of focusing on an external thing, like a number on a scale or like, you know, hitting the number of like calories burned in a workout, how about we focus on ourselves and what our bodies are actually telling us, right? Like our bodies have so much freaking wisdom so much wisdom there. It's constantly talking to us. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, a lot of us have learned to just ignore it. Right. Because we have all of these things going on outside of us. Like I said, like I mentioned, right. Mm-hmm. Like, especially if we're on diets, you know, how many calories can we have? How many almonds can we eat? Right. Like what time can we eat at? Right. Like what is the portion? What, like, it's all of these rules and it's like, but your body actually knows when mm-hmm. to stop it knows what it wants right like we are all born with this ability to to identify that like if we think of babies right when they're hungry they will cry
1: when they're full they will stop mm, oh yeah small children do it all the time and then we're like the no you have to fill you have to finish your plate or then we shame them and say oh all those children in other countries that don't have food you're taking that away from them yes but you're not Yes, not.
2: absolutely. And you're actually teaching your child that you can't trust your body. You have to trust mm. someone outside of you. Oh. Like I, your, your parent knows better than you, what your body needs. And so we grow up learning this. We grow up thinking that, oh, okay, we can't trust ourselves. So we're going to really rely on, on, you know, on outside sources to tell us. hmm And then throw in like the beauty industry, the fashion industry, all of these things that kind of exacerbate this feeling of not being enough, like you need to do this and you need to change this and you need to, you know, like all of these things. And it pulls us away from ourselves.
1: Oh, yeah. And I think that was a a part of the start um, of this podcast is to become aware of all the outside things so that we can choose a life that is our own um and once you become aware of the fact that the diet industry has a has a big pull on you and Mm -hmm. probably did it to your parents mother Mm -hmm. um who then put it onto you yes not knowing not being aware of what she was doing they had no idea what they were doing to you um and it's not their fault it's the industry's fault right yeah and once you become aware of that you can change things and um discover more things about yourself and journal on those things. Yes,
2: absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like for me, intuitive eating is such a great, it's a gateway to like really listening to yourself in other areas, right? Like Mm -hmm. everyone eats, everyone has access to this, right? Like it's, it's our survival. Yeah. Um, And so I often question, like, if you can't identify something like hunger, if you can't identify something that makes you feel good, how are you supposed to identify other areas of your life? How are you supposed to identify what you want to do, like in your life, right? Like so many of us fall into the pattern of, I'm just going to do the thing, the next thing that's expected of me. But is that actually what you want? Mm. No, it's, it's that awareness. Right. Yeah, (laughs) And and a lot of people don't question it. A lot of people don't take the time to actually like reflect on that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it took my twenties to discover that and realize that, um, like that I was that person that was just following along the curve of what made sense to other people and what other people thought was meant for me. Um, and really wasn't what I truly wanted to do. And again, why I started this podcast, because I think everybody, everybody deserves to live the life they want to live. Um, even though, you know, there are more barriers for some people as opposed mm-hmm. to others. Um, but I think we all can work our hardest to live the life we want to live. And it does start with eating because every single individual has to eat. Mm-hmm. I mean, at times I've said, oh, it's unfortunate, but you know, everybody has to eat. So mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And so like, why wouldn't we want to have a better relationship with food and with eating and our bodies, right? Like it, it really, it hurts my heart when I talk to, to, to people, especially women who have had a long history of dieting, who started dieting at a very, very young age, right? Like, mm-hmm. so it makes sense that their relationship is very complicated,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but you know, when I sit down and talk to them, it's like, how much time and energy and effort have you had to spend and money? On you know trying to be thin or be good or be healthy, right? Like I don't know. It, it really it hurts my heart to like to recognize that it like it starts from such a young age and it can go on for decades if not like the rest
1: of of one's lifetime. Well, it's exhausting. It's it's completely exhausting. Um, and it's like always in your mind. So it's always in the back of your mind mm-hmm. thinking about that. And you're like, okay, so I have to eat lunch. What am I gonna have for a lunch? Is it gonna make me feel like now I think, how is it going to make me feel? Um, and now the things that I omit from my diet are because they make me feel like crap (laughs) dairy, for instance, make me, makes me feel bloated, makes me feel lethargic and exhausted. And, uh, it just doesn't make me feel good. So I don't eat it anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to transition out of, uh, milk chocolate cross our Mm -hmm. fingers because I I love (laughs) milk chocolate. (laughs) But last night I had a really good dark chocolate, lint dark chocolate with mint. And it was very delicious. It was very, very good. Kind of tasted like an after Mm -hmm. eight without like the gooey stuff on the inside. It was very Uh good. Mm -hmm. And did you like, how did you eat it? Oh, how did I eat it? Broke off a piece and oh, wow. I didn't savor it. I wouldn't say. didn't eat it Mm -hmm. slowly. I also wouldn't say. Mm -hmm. I didn't eat the whole thing either. Um, I had three squares. And I gave my husband the fourth square so he could try it. Mm Um, Oh yeah. And actually thinking about it, it was very good. It was delicious. And in past times I would have eaten the whole thing, but I was just like, I'm full. I'm good. I don't need any (laughs) more. (laughs) Yeah. So these are examples
2: of how you're listening to your body like mm-hmm. you're listening to your body and like, okay, I'm full. I'm going to stop. I'm going to share this with my husband,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know,
2: dairy doesn't feel good for me. I feel bloated. I'm not going to eat it because I don't want to feel this way. Right. This, like, this is an example of listening to your body. Um, and oftentimes our bodies, like they're like, it like, you know, like I mentioned, like they're always, it's always talking to us. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I had a friend that, I had a friend who I used to live with and she would always order food from downstairs. Like we lived above a restaurant and she Mm -hmm. always ordered the same thing. She always ordered number 17. It was like this curry with like eggplant and like peppers. And I think it had like some noodles and stuff. She Mm -hmm. ate it sometimes twice a day, but
1: like a movie. Yeah, exactly. Like Like, that episode of sex in the city with Miranda and she like eats the same thing and she's calling and they're like, yes, number four. Like that's so funny. And
2: like, but the thing is like, she was always complaining about um, how she was always feeling bloated. And she would always be like, oh, look, I, I, I look pregnant. Um, And she would always think like, she always thought it was like bread. Mm. But the thing is, is like, she thought it was gluten. And so, but the thing is, is like, she never, she didn't change her her eating habits, even though she had these like, you know, these symptoms mm-hmm. of like, clearly something wasn't agreeing with her. So eventually she went, to a doctor to kind of like figure it out. And it turned out that she was like allergic to nightshade vegetables. And so she was like, so it was like all of these vegetables that was in this curry. So it wasn't gluten at all. It was like the stuff in her curry. Exactly. But diet culture told her it was, it was gluten. Yes. Because, (laughs) you know, say no to carbs. Carbs are the worst. And it's like, actually your body needs carbs. Like that's how your brain, like that's the energy that your brain uses. Like, you know, like there is a function for carbs. Like there is, there is nothing wrong with carbs, (laughs) but diet industry has told us like, no carbs are the enemy. Um, and yeah, so that's an example of like the diet industry telling us like a message that isn't true, that carbs are bad. Um, and it's also, yeah, like her believing that like, um, her not actually listening to her body,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: right? Like your body is telling you that there's something that it doesn't like, and yet you persist in eating what you normally eat and not, you know, trying to figure it out. Wow.
1: No, that's, that's, uh, that's a really good example and good for her for going and seeing someone. Cause I feel like oftentimes people don't, mm-hmm. uh, and they say it's gluten and then they, they forget about it or they're like, Oh, I'm allergic to dairy, but I'm just going to eat dairy all the time. Guys, mm-hmm. it hurts the belly. It hurts it. It hurts like so bad. I get pains, like pains. Like it feels like someone stabbed me in my stomach sometimes. And I'm like, Oh, am I my period? No, that's definitely not the case because I had it last week. So why does my stomach all of a sudden hurt? And then I thought it was beef. It's not beef, Katie. It is dairy. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Intuitive eating such a beautiful, beautiful um, way to live. I think um and listening to your body and i think it trickles into everything else as well it's not just mm-hmm. it starts with the food but then it trickles into like your love life your relationships with mm-hmm. other people your the work that you're doing mm-hmm. you realize oh i'm not listening to myself i hate this work mm-hmm. but i'm doing it just because it's the only option i've thought about mm-hmm. you know because we are conditioned to finish high school go to college or university get a degree yeah. go to work for someone else Yep, And that's just what we're told all the time.
2: Yeah.
1: And have kids, buy a house, mm -hmm. that white picket fence. And so, okay. So let's talk about, let's give the audience one thing that you do first, if you were starting intuitive eating all over again,
2: Ooh, throw away your weights, your scales because, okay. So intuitive eating has 10 principles, like I mentioned, right. And Mm -hmm the first principle, and you don't have to do it in order or anything. Um, but the, the, one of the core principles is to reject the diet mentality, Mm -hmm. right? Because if your focus is on losing weight,
0: right.
2: Then already that's, that's something that's external, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're looking at a scale to tell you if you've done something well or not. Mm -hmm. So that's already pulling you away from your body. Right. And so we want to come back to our bodies. And so the first thing I would say is, is to throw away your scale because that scale is going to fuck you up. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. It's going to mess you up because like when I had a scale, like even if it was like, oh my gosh, I'm two pounds over. Yeah. It would affect how I felt about myself. I felt terrible. I felt like I was a glutton. I felt that I wasn't dis Disciplined. I felt that I was losing control. Two pounds. That's probably, probably a good trip to the toilet. <laughs> right? Absolutely.
1: No, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Throw out your scale. I mean, I've always wanted to, um, funny you would say that actually, because I, I did weigh myself. I've try to not weigh myself like every day or every week. So I do it every month, but I'm thinking about the scale in the back of my mind the whole time. Every time I eat, I'm like, okay, is that scale going to show smaller? Is it going to be smaller? Is it going to be smaller? And I did get on it and it was higher. And I was like, oh no, I need to change everything. But I'm not going to change everything because you can't just overhaul your life and change everything. And I like chocolate. So I'm gonna have it in my life.
2: There is nothing wrong with chocolate.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: There is nothing wrong with chocolate. It's the way you approach it. It's a way you, like how you experience it, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're experiencing your chocolate with a layer of shame and guilt on top of it, mm-hmm. are you actually enjoying it? No, no,
1: no, no. And it's also like, I've got to eat it all now because I'm never going to have it again yes which yes. is all conditioning from childhood Absolutely. 100% yeah so um i'm learning to like save some for later cuz i can eat it whenever i want yeah I can it's eat accessible it. to you um intuitive eating is adding too mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. like how would you add to a meal to make it more satiating like say uh toast in the morning cuz i love a good toast what would mm-hmm. you add to it to make it more satiating
2: that's a question I'd like to ask you because I don't know you
1: <laughs> mm. In terms of like,
2: I can't tell you what you like, mm. right? Like Very this is your body, this is, this is, you know, what would satisfy you? Like what satisfies me might not satisfy you.
1: Oh, I love right? that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So this is
2: another example of like, what do you want? Mm.
1: So for me, the perfect breakfast I think is one piece with peanut butter for that, like, you know, uh, protein, because it satiates me for much longer. Um, And then one piece with avocado, because I love avocado, and um, avocado dairy free butter, because you have to have dairy free butter on it. I'm sorry to the people that only have it with dry toast. That's not me. So (laughs) <laughs> um, melt if you're, if you're in Canada is a fantastic brand mm. and it even melts on the toast, even when it's not even that hot, like it oh. still melts down on it. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. That. And it tastes like real butter. It tastes like butter, tastes like butter. tastes like butter at the movie theater sometimes. Damn. Very good. And yeah. And then you put everything but the bagel seasoning on top of that. <gasps> and, and obviously you also put lime juice Oh yeah. in the avocado acid. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's like pretty much my my favorite breakfast. And sometimes I'll have some pickled beets on the side. So I oh, love pickled beets. I love, pickle pickle beet. beets. <laughs> I love oh, them.
2: I love everything beets. I'm just like, give it to me. Yeah, stain
1: my shirt. Okay. Like, yes, yeah,
2: make me feel like I've just been bleeding. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what happened? Is it my period? No, it's just beets. <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> Every
1: time. Exactly. <laughs> I love I love a good beet. But can I
0: just
2: reflect, like you Mm -hmm. asked me what I would do to like, you know, um, like to make your breakfast more satiating. Mm -hmm. You had the
1: answer for yourself. That's true. It's true. It's my favorite breakfast. My avocado was not ripe this morning. I'm very sad about it.
2: That is the most gutting thing.
1: So sad. (laughs) It's like the most disappointing, upsetting thing ever. When you cut out your avocado and it's
2: not perfect.
1: (sighs) So sad. Or oh. when there's when when it's brown, I'm like, oh no, why? I waited too long, and now I'm just yeah. like, if there's a little bit of vein of, of brown, I don't care anymore. I'm like, mash it up, it's mine. I there's no, not putting this to waste.
2: Yeah, get in my mouth.
1: Hmm. Mm. I like that that you turned around the question to me and had me answer the question of what makes it more satiating. So anyone listening, think about your favorite breakfast and what you can add to it to make it more satiating i've always learned like fats are good in the mornings protein is good in the mornings and even through like so i've learned it right and then put it into practice mm-hmm. and it actually works <laughs> you know like if i have just butter on toast it does nothing it, it's it gone in like an hour mm. um and then i have to eat again which mm. is fine
2: yeah and and the thing is is like you know they're we have to be aware of what is, what are messages from diet culture? Right. Right. And, um, which is subtract, subtract, subtract as little food as possible. Yeah, exactly. And also, but we need to be aware of like, you know, this is our body. We can experiment. We can be curious. We can like, you know, like play around with it and see how we feel. Right. So, you know, yes, proteins often do make us feel more full. So what does that look like for you? You know, like, you know, how many eggs is, is the perfect amount of eggs, right? So like, mm. just play around with it, right? So like, it's important to recognize that, you know, that they're, like to take these as guidelines, right. as kind of like a starting point to like experiment, as opposed to this is a hard and fast rule. Because mm-hmm. as soon as we get into the territory of like, oh, I have to do this, this is diet culture.
0: Mm, The have
1: tos and the shoulds.
2: Yes, exactly. Mm. Right. Like, and, and your body will change, right. Depending on what, like what, what part of the cycle you're in, depending on what time of day it is, right. Like depending on what happened the day before, what kind of movement you've engaged in. So it's constantly like checking in with your body and being like, okay, what feels good right now? What sounds good right now? Like what's going to get me more full? So it's just like, creating basically like a database about yourself right like and and really getting to know yourself and what helps you
1: right that's all intuitive eating is <laughs> I mean we're just kind of simplifying intuitive eating because like also
2: parts of intuitive Feeding have
1: to do with like
2: what's going on in your mind as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Because these rules come up, right. Like the judgmental part of ourselves, like that, Mm -hmm. always trying to negotiate like, Oh, if I have that piece of cake, I have to go for a run tomorrow, for example. Mm -hmm. Right. I say, fuck that eat that fucking piece of cake. Enjoy the hell out of it. And like leave the guilt and the shame at the door, because if guilt and shame are invited into this party with you and your cake, it's not, a joyful experience anymore. And we want to have as much joy as possible.
1: Mm, definitely.
2: Because like when you are in touch with the joy, when you're in touch with like um, the pleasure, then you're more likely in touch with yourself. And then you can also identify, oh, actually this is enough. I'm I'm satiated. I think if I had another bite, it would be too much. Or like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm full right now. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna stop and I'm gonna perhaps give it to my partner or I'm gonna save it for another day right? That when the guilt and shame is in the picture, like we're focused on that and not listening to our bodies at all.
1: Yeah, definitely. And then we end up hurting our bodies in the long run, right? Because then we're stuffed and we hurt our bellies hurt. And then we're kind of bloated. And then all we want to do is sleep, even though it's 8pm. And You know, we kind of want to enjoy a little bit of our day after our full-time job, you know? Yeah, (laughs)
2: Yeah. exactly. Exactly. Like, see how like, like guilt and shame is like robbing. They're robbing us of like, of living our lives.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And they're exhausting, to be honest. Very exhausting. Very tired, Tired. tiring. Yeah,
2: Mm. absolutely.
1: So, so what's one thing you no longer do? I mean- you no longer look at the scale, but what's one other thing that you no longer do, um, now that you're into intuitive eating or when it comes to eating in general? Um, actually this doesn't really have anything,
2: well, it has to do with my body, but it's not about eating. Mm -hmm. Um, something that I do now is I, when it comes to movement,
0: Mm -hmm. so
2: I, I used to be like a hardcore gym person,
0: right? I
2: used to go to the gym like six days a week, sometimes would do two classes in a row, like two hour long classes in a row. Wow. And I would go even when I was injured, I would go even if I were sick, this is mm-hmm. before COVID times. Um, <laughs> and I realized I wasn't listening to my body. Like I would go boxing when mm-hmm. my wrist was injured. <laughs> you kind of wow. need your wrists
0: for yeah. boxing. Yeah. <laughs>
2: And so now looking back, I was like, oh my gosh, like, who was this maniac? Like, who is this person who was just like, I just, just didn't want to listen to my body. Mm. And so now that I'm in more in touch with myself, I'm kind of like, okay, so checking in with myself, like, okay, I have a hit class schedule. Do I actually want to do this hit class right now? Do I have the energy? Mm -hmm. Right. Do I, is it actually going to help me feel better? Why do I want to do this? Um, is it because it's another, you know, tick box to another checkbox to tick off? Is it because like, you know, maybe I ate something that, that week, like, is, do I feel like I need to, to do this workout because I ate this thing, right? Like if that is the reason, like, then I need to reevaluate.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Then I need to reevaluate like how I'm talking to myself. How am I judging myself? right so yeah it's it's intuitive eating is like is so many different things it's a lot of checking in with yourself it's it's for a lot of people it's more work <laughs> but it gets easier right because like the the more you do it the more you're you're you know familiar with the process of checking in with yourself you know work, dealing through like working through your feelings like uncomfortable feelings will come up and then practicing the self-compassion. So like underlying intuitive eating, all of it is self-compassion. Right. Right. It's like how you speak to yourself, how you treat yourself. Do you say the same things to yourself? Wait, do you say the same things to your friends that you say to yourself?
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we, like when I mentioned before, like intuitive eating kind of trickles down into Mm -hmm. everything, every part of your life. And I think it's close relative is movement because Mm -hmm. it's also part of the diet, diet industry and diet culture, um, Mm -hmm. is movement. And funny that you would say that you went to the gym when you should not have, um, because I also found myself in that Zumba class when I was completely exhausted and I had no energy and Mm -hmm. I should have just taken that day off. But Mm -hmm. I was like, no, it's because I've met so many friends here and, When in reality it was not, it was because like, if I didn't do this today, then I did nothing and I wasn't achieving my goals or working towards my goals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think I wouldn't take two classes in a row, but I walked 20 minutes there, 20 minutes back, then an hour class. Mm -hmm. Then I would also go grocery shopping because it was in the same plaza. So then I take another couple, I would, I think I would leave at like 10, 10, 15 ish. And I wouldn't get home till like 1230. Mm-hmm. but I was moving that entire time mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. day
2: yeah whether or not you wanted to
1: yeah exactly. because it
2: was a rule that you had for yourself
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah as a class
1: yeah because then what does that say about you mm-hmm. and then what will other people think of me I wasn't there I have to give them an explanation as to why I wasn't there on that mm-hmm. Friday or Thursday mm-hmm. yeah yeah, uh, it was. I think it was when I I discovered Pilates. I love Pilates. Mm-hmm. Um, that I really actually fell in love with movement. Um, mm-hmm. because I would go to class and, um, I would see myself getting better. Like getting better at the plank. I'm shaking less, or um, I can hold it for longer, or mm-hmm. I can get up on that ball. You know, we we worked on yeah. those like big balls. I can get up on it with my knees, you know, when you're like straddling it and I could actually like lift myself up and yes. I was like, whoa, holy crap. And then everybody in the room would like cheer because they saw that I actually accomplished it. And it was fantastic. It was wonderful. So I love yeah. Pilates. I love Pilates so much. That's amazing.
2: So like, so that's a thing too, right? Like so much of what we're told about exercising mm-hmm. is like you exercise to lose weight or you yes. exercise to maintain. And like, where's the joy in that? So I love that you found Pilates. I like, you know, and, and this is like another area to experiment too, right. Is like, what feels good for you? Mm
0: -hmm.
2: What can you do? Like, what can your body do? Like, you know, like instead of pushing yourself, like that's not going to be sustainable. What do you actually like doing? Like even walking around the block, like if you can do that, if that brings you joy or it clears your head or, you know, whatever it does, like, Mm -hmm. like do it. It doesn't have to be like a 50 minute hit class. It doesn't have to be, you know, like aerobics or, you know, like what is like, it could be like gardening, like it could, just any mm. sort of movement. Right. Like, just like, cause we have such a sedentary lifestyle now, like, especially if we're working from home we're working at our computers, like, you know, we're moving less, but when we look at like how it makes us feel, how movement makes us feel like, let's focus on that. Cause that's also our body talking to us. Like Mm -hmm. this feels good. Oh, like I'm more like, you know, I'm more bendy. Like I can like touch my toes, right? Like I can like stabilize myself on a freaking ball, which is freaking incredible. Like core strength. Like that's amazing. And like that feeling of being able to see yourself like progress and get better. Mm -hmm. It's that like, I, I love that.
1: Yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, last, I guess, question, which is what's one thing you've heard from someone recently, or, I mean, I guess just in this journey of entrepreneurship, um, Mm -hmm. running your own business that really resonated with you.
2: I had an instant yesterday. So I've been kind of like exploring different options to Mm -hmm. um, kind of get myself out there. Okay. And I had been thinking about like applying for this one position um, in the area of movement. And I I was like talking, I, you know, I'd been talking about it with a friend of mine, like last week, and I was like, ah, should I do it? Should I not do it? Like, and I found myself saying, I don't really feel my most fit at the moment. And that was that was holding me back. And then yesterday, I got an email from someone. And they were like, it was like an email, like trying to get me to like, you know, join this program to become like a nutritionist or like a personal trainer or something. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that said on there was like, you know, are you waiting to like become the most fit, you know, like before you apply? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh my God, like, yeah, I kind of am. And then I was like, fuck this. Like, I'm not going to wait to, to, be something or to do something before I, you know, do something else. Like, right. and, and this is like, what all like diet culture is, is like, you know, this idea of like, oh, if I only lose five pounds, I can finally, you know, get that dress that I've been wanting. Or like, if I got thinner, maybe I can get that tattoo that I've been thinking about getting. Like we're constantly waiting for a milestone before we actually do something. And it's like, no, do it now.
1: Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Wow. That's, that's powerful. Um, Cause I think so many of us wait until have that thought process, like, until like i'll do this once this happens i'll do this you know gotta can't get married until i'm you know this dress size or mm-hmm. you know i've gotta ooh gotta lose 10 pounds for that gathering or that wedding that i am going to for someone else or mm-hmm. yeah definitely mine mine is to get on a horse cuz i've ridden horses before when i was a child and i want to do it again yes. but i'm like no oh, i'm going to hurt the horse But then the thought in my back of my mind is, um, but am I, don't they have like larger horses for larger humans and like, don't, didn't horses carry lots of weight, like hundreds and hundreds of pounds in like a carriage. They had to pull a carriage with like four people in it. I don't weigh the same amount as four people. Like, (laughs) why am I, why, why am I doing that? You know, Mm. damn. Yeah that's a powerful one. That's a really powerful one. And I I think I've heard it multiple times, but never heard it in this context. Mm. So it like sinks in, you know, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes you have to hear it from multiple people. Like Mm -hmm. so often my husband tells me something and then I come back to him and I'm like, look what I heard today. And he's like, I've been (laughs) telling you this forever.
2: (laughs) Uh, you know what? Like you, like you, it sinks in when it sinks in,
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Like when we're
2: ready to actually believe it.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. When we're ready for it, for sure.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And like, and you know, the thing with like losing weight, going back to this idea of like waiting, right. Mm -hmm. Like I think a lot of people associate being thin with being happy, (laughs) <laughs> right. Yeah. Like once yeah. I lose the weight, I'm going to be the best version of myself. I'm going to be so happy. Those are two separate things, my friend.
1: <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, they are. <laughs> because skinny people can still be sad and still be depressed and still Absolutely. be angry.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you're not dealing with whatever it is you're dealing with, mm-hmm. right, like it's always going to be there.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I'm going to get on a horse this summer. So thanks.
2: I can't wait maybe. to see the photo.
1: <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe.
2: I might. What's stopping you? What's <laughs> stopping you, Katie?
1: <laughs> what What's stopping me? I feel like it's usually, oh, well, I'm doing so much and waiting to have more time, I think. Because mm. mm-hmm. working a full-time job takes a lot of my time so i think i'm waiting for time
2: when is that going to happen
1: right i'm gonna research it tonight and see where the closest one is (laughs) the closest horse stable or whatever it is it's probably like an hour or so out from toronto but you know that's not far in the long run
2: and it's gonna be so worth it Mm -hmm. oh yeah it's gonna be so worth it. i cannot wait to get your update okay guys hold me accountable just kidding just (laughs) kidding just kidding (laughs) I will definitely do that if you want me to I will check in with you middle of summer and be like hey Katie
1: you know actually the perfect time would be the fall because I love the fall and to walk Mm. and to ride on a horse through the leaves and stuff I think that would be super fun Mm. like really fun so I have that vision in my mind now riding that horse that I rode her name was Ruby I think and she was like dark red and I think she had tufts of hair at her hoofs like she was huge just things this this horse was massive and I mean I was 11 but it's still I she was massive and she was beautiful and I loved her and I want to get back on a horse again yay all right. So <laughs> with that being said, uh, <laughs> where can people find you online and are you offering anything to the public at this moment that you can tell them all about? And Yeah.
2: Um, so you, they can find me on Instagram um, at bona.fide.life. Um, that'll be in the show notes. Yep. Um, my website is bona Um, If you want to sign up to my newsletter, Um, once it's activated, (laughs) uh, you can, you know, get like little bite-sized bits from me about intuitive eating, about, um, how to get more joy in your life and, and information about any sort of upcoming workshops. Um, at the moment I'm offering one-to-one coaching, um, with people around intuitive eating, um, body acceptance, uh, self-confidence, um, and I'm hopefully going to have a group coaching, um, uh cohort, I guess, sometime this year, I don't know quite when. um, But I think that there is a lot of power in sharing our stories and recognizing that we are not alone in this. Um, And it doesn't matter what size you are, it doesn't matter what you look like, what your nationality is, where you grew up, we all have very similar stories. And I want to bring, you know, I want to bring people together to really Share their experiences and and to learn how to get back to themselves. Um, so yeah, that's that's how people can work with me. Um, that's where people
1: can find me. Perfect. And so sign up for your email list because that's where you'll get all the information for the group uh coaching yes. when it launches. Yes. And yes. I think there's so much power in group work. Um, mm-hmm. so I think sort of discovering yourself and looking more into yourself in a group setting where you can feel seen and heard by other people is just such a beautiful thing. So thank you so much for coming on this episode of Abundantly Aware. And I hope everybody checks her her out down in the show notes. Thank you so much, Katie.
0: (laughs) All right. So the takeaways from this episode, I really think are that the approach of intuitive eating is personal and individual to you a one-size-fits-all approach with this, like most things in life, is not really available when it comes to food and eating for your body, including movement. I absolutely loved this episode with Lynn, and I hope that you did too. So please let me know of anything that you truly resonated with the comments down below. Uh, I would love to hear it. That's it for this episode of Abundantly Aware. You can find us over on YouTube and Instagram at AbundantlyWare Podcast, and we can connect best via email, which is linked down in the description, because I prefer emails over DMs any day. And lastly, as always, remember with awareness comes the ability to create a life. That's